0: Shut up, and sit down. Alright, good morning. Welcome. Good morning. Good morning. and Welcome, (laughs) yes. Good morning. Whenever the fuck you listen to this. Welcome to another episode of the Super Movie Studies Podcast, a show about comic book movies approached from every angle, and a community of nerds how and a community of nerds discussing how fiction relates to nonfiction. I'm your comic book culture host, Michael Maurer, joined by the movie maestro,
1: James schuyler Hutzman
0: and the scientific scholar, Ben Anderson.
1: SMSP is your premier movie discussion podcast. Every week, we continue our journey, exploring our favorite subject superhero movies. Every fan sees the movies differently, so we gather some amateur experts to discuss certain aspects of the film.
2: Whether it's money, comic books, music, science, or literal shit demons... <laughs> smsp talks about it all on this week's episode these crimes were committed by law-abiding citizens
1: they all have seen nightmare visions beforehand the same pattern is repeating around the world so there could be an overriding paranormal element are you talking about magic then we have to find john constantine
2: Come on! It's a dream team! You, me, Zatanna, Batman, maybe even a Justice League! Let's take a walk on the dark side then.
0: Swamp Thing!
2: You dare threaten the green? Draga Malefic! Draga Malefic!
1: Let's do this!
0: Ah! Fuck it off! Your life is a patchwork of blackness with no time for joy. How do you cope with it? I have
1: a butler.
2: Justice League Dark. The animated one. And yes, there will be spoilers.
0: There's no live action one. Why do you need to specify? Well, there is going to be a live action one. Ah.
2: So listening to this like three years down the line it's going to be confusing
0: yeah I don't know if that pro- that project has literally been in limbo since 2002 So, but they have a director now ooh they had a director with Guillermo del Toro in 2002
2: <laughs> well Guillermo del Toro can't make anything come to fruition so
0: unfortunately has Guillermo del Toro ever made a bad movie uh, Prometheus uh, he didn't make Prometheus then no <laughs> <laughs> I mean the- I'm gonna say no. You're gonna say no? Okay. Blade two would be the best guess. Maybe. Even Blade Two is pretty closest. good. Blade Two is not bad. Exactly. That's what I mean. Mm-hmm. That's like that's like his worst film, Blade Two. Yeah. And I guess for some people, Pacific Rim. People didn't like some people didn't like mm. Pacific Rim. Yeah. Yeah, but But Guillermo del Toro loves Justice League Dark. That's what I'm saying. Okay? Like he, this was his original baby back in the early 2000s, and if we know anything about Guillermo del Toro projects, is that they just don't happen, uh, typically.
2: <laughs> so let's Haunted do Mansion, anyone?
0: Yeah, let's do... Oh, my God. All right, let's do first opinions on this one. Uh, the actual Justice League Dark animated film that was made by Warner Brothers animated Stu- Animation Studios. We'll
1: start with Ben. I liked it. I found it to be much more engaging than most of the other... Justice League animated movies that we've been watching. Mm-hmm. Um, Swamp Thing's cool. Constantine <laughs> is cool. Literal shit demons. Um, and I like how sassy Batman can be. Yes. Like there's a point where, I forget who, but they ask him like, Batman, how do you live with yourself? And he's like, I have a butler. <laughs> <laughs> I, just, I just love it when Batman gets to be sassy. Fair enough. <laughs> that's that's all I have to say on this one. Popcorn Skylar.
2: Uh, Justice League Darkest Pretty good. It's a nice intro to that whole corner of the DC realm. It's not going to be too terribly deep in what it goes through, you know, animated film and bing, bang, boom, and whatever. But there's some really cool moments in it. Um, Sassy Batman is good, most notably when like these awful supernatural things are happening and his reaction is consistently just.
0: Mm. 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 Mm -hmm.
2: A few gripes with it I'm sure Matt Ryan is great In the Constantine show But I don't think that Carried over to the vocal aspect And uh, Their fight with Faust just went on So goddamn
0: long long. So long You're like is this the final fight Like cause they are committing a lot of time To this fight Shatters the mind how long that goes on but otherwise,
2: it's a pretty fun uh, adventure in a area of the DC universe we don't see too often.
0: Yes, popcorn, Michael. Uh, I love everything about the Vertigo the Vertigo char- characters. Um, DC Vertigo was just a great mature imprint that came out um, in the seventies to early two thousands, I believe. Uh, they, I think they. So, I, I think it's still going. I didn't even check if they still have Vertigo imprints, but I know they moved all the notable characters to DC proper. <laughs> like Swamp Thing has been moved to DC proper. So is Constantine um, and Dead Man. I don't think Dead Man wasn't even that much of a Vertigo character to begin with. I think he was mostly all DC. But in this film specifically, I just love seeing all those characters get a moment to shine. Um, especially Matt... I liked Matt Ryan's voice acting as John Constantine, mostly because I just ha- I'm just i very biased and a, a huge Matt Ryan fan. Um, anything that involves him as the character, you've heard me say it once, you'll hear me say it five more times every time it gets brought up. I just want to see more Matt Ryan, Constantine. That's all. Anything that leads to that, I'm pretty much happy with. And then the, the conflict was pretty nice to see. Uh, and you're right, Ben. This is definitely a lot less glucky uh, i'm making up that word and i'll let you interpret it to the point i think i understand what you mean than other justice league movies that we've been watching and that it actually it it attempts to be its own thing i think the other justice league movies try really hard to either be a comic book to be a toy seller to be to really attach to one aspect and sell it whereas this one it attaches itself to, you know, let's put all these characters together and give them a magical conflict. It's a magical DC movie. Let's just all just talk about magic forever. Okay? Nothing but magic. Um, and introduce little. I'm just going through it in my head, and there's so many characters that I'm going through in my head right now. And they all felt pretty equally fleshed out. I could have done a little bit less Batman, because I know Batman is just but i i get why batman's there. Batman, yeah, you got to have him. <laughs> um gotta have and the center points were definitely Constantine and Zatanna. Um but i felt like everyone else still got their moment to shine. There wasn't really a needless character in the bunch in my head. Deadman maybe, Black Orchid for sure. That's it. <laughs> um, oh yeah, that's a character. Yeah, Black Orchid. <laughs> Which i'm going to explain that and mm. how that kind of upset me. Um <laughs> Is there any production budget on this movie?
1: One one thing I want to add, we did... Someone asked earlier if um, Vertigo is still ongoing, and they do have several ongoing series okay. a, at the moment. Like? Uh, American Vampire. Oh, wow. Is that still going? Okay. Mm-hmm. By Scott Snyder, Stephen... He's
0: still and... making American Vampire? Okay, that thing must be coming oh, out wow. like once every six months. Yeah. Um. Let's see, what else... Astro City. Okay. Okay. That makes
1: sense. Yeah. Um. Well, A just... few other things. Okay. Nothing. They're all, all the series that Vertigo has right now were created in Vertigo. Nothing from before Vertigo is still ongoing that Vertigo publishes.
0: If that makes sense. Nope. <laughs> okay. Um. Uh, all that. All. All of. <laughs> all that is left of note is. American Vampire simply because it's a Scott Snyder property, and that dude is famous for his Batman run. Yeah, I'm looking at like other other
1: authors on this list of their series, and Scott Snyder's the only name, yeah, it's, that I
0: recognize. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, there used to be Hellblazer. I just finished reading all of that, and that ran from like '72 to 2013. Yep, and that was 300 issues long. Um, that was a giant series uh and it was good for most of it mm-hmm. it goes on for 300 some of it's got to be crap <laughs> um but unsurprisingly a lot of it's still good and then there was saga of the swamp thing um black orchid was a mini series um those were sort of the big ones sandman was of course the biggest thing that i think to come out of vertigo mm-hmm. was the neil gaiman sandman series which uh, is fabulous i just started reading it it's i'm rereading it it's fantastic Uh, so let's talk about some characters and we'll just tear through this as much as we can because there's a, there's, they introduced a lot of characters, uh, characters I'm not going to talk about include Constantine because we discussed him in his first appearance in the 2004 Constantine film. Um, also not going to talk about Swamp Thing because he was actually introduced in a 1982 Wes Craven film. Okay. Yeah. Uh, as well as its sequel, Return of the Swamp Thing which I don't think was Wes Craven, again. Um, and he was also in an animated series. Hmm. Uh, and then we also have Etrigan, who actually premiered in the Flashpoint Paradox animated movie, which we'll be getting to sometime in the near future, which is also one of the better Justice League movies. It's probably the best, honestly, that I've seen so far, is Justice League Flashpoint Paradox. Um, but first, let's talk about Justice League Dark in general. That is a new 52 book. So when DC relaunched its continuity in 2011, um, this book ran from 2011 to 2015. It was created by Peter Milligan uh, and then later picked up by Jeff Lemire and then uh, finished by J.M. DeMattis, which I will give you all the notes on. Peter Milligan wrote the last 50, I think, issues of Hellblazer, which I very much disliked, but that's Peter Milligan. Peter Milligan loves the character uh, Rack, the Shade the the Changing Man rack the shade changing ah, the changing man he hates he loves that character so he puts him into everything he can um and then jeff lemire writes everything spooky dc like swamp thing animal man you you name it um he was writing demon knights he's done so many projects right now it's crazy he's literally a joke that's like what isn't he writing um and then jm dematis uh, you may, I was literally reading his run when I was watching this movie. He is the writer of the movie. So excuse me if some plot points in the film get mixed up with what was happening in the book because it's the exact same style. And well, I'm like, oh, crap.
1: We'll forgive you.
0: <laughs> that happened. I like, could just smushed together in my brain. And I went, oh, no, I can't pull these threads apart um the uh, new 52 justice league dark book ran 50 40 issues it was okay it's got that new 52 simplistic writing vibe where they just sort of reiterate the same things over and over and over again where they have to make sure that you understand where you are in the book um they don't like new 52 never really built built off itself and that was sort of its issue and that's what Justice League Dark did is just it never really built it and went anywhere. It was just really a lot of contained arcs that just reset themselves after five or so issues. So Why grow when you can reboot? Exactly, so that more people will buy the book. Yeah. And you know I and under- it works. Yeah, and I understand it. Um, and so let's introduce some characters like the Demons 3 that came out in Justice League of America number 10 in 1962. Gardner Fox, Mike Sikowski. Uh, uh, abnegazar wrath and gast these were the three demons we of course saw playing poker with constantine in the beginning and they fought later uh they ruled the galaxy a billion years ago um the three artifacts known as the bell the wheel and the jar can be used to summon them faust does this many times and that's really it they are kind of faust minions ish uh, next character richie simpson I actually corrected the Wikipedia page on this. Ooh. Yes. Damn. Because it said it was created by Alan Moore. Richie Simpson is not created by Alan Moore. He was created by Jamie Delano and John Ridgway in 1988 on Hellblazer number 7. All right? Excuse the Mr. Nerdiness. You can check that Wikipedia page. Fucking noobs. All right? Check Richie Simpson's Wikipedia page and see if they changed it back um richie simpson as a techno sorcerer transferred uh his consciousness into the internet in order to find heaven led to his body being fried kind of constantine's fault constantine left him in the internet uh he was able to transfer his consciousness into the demon Nurgle's body in order to enact revenge but was dragged to hell by the hell police richie simpson is a fictional character in the dc
1: comics universe Richie Simpson is a friend of John Constantine who subsequently became a demon. Top right his corner. His first appearance was in Hellraiser, Volume 1, Number 7, 1988. haha So, Aha. you got it. That, that bitch. All right. Uh,
2: also, that um, second sentence is ambiguous. Richie
0: Simpson is a friend of John Constantine who subsequently became a demon? <laughs> That's what I said. He transfers his consciousness into the demon Nurgle's body in order to exact revenge on Constantine. So he was a friend, and then he got screwed over, as many friends of Constantine do. Um, did and- you happen to make this edit on the 10th of March,
1: 2017? I did. I'm looking at the edit history now. <laughs> <laughs>
0: uh, when I was doing research on this, yes. Um, so that's all really Richie Simpson did, is as soon as he gets dragged to hell by the hell police, you don't really see him after that. Um because he's supposed to, like, go through demon training. <laughs> That's literally, like, what happened. Okay, moving on to Felix Faust, premiered again in Justice League of America, number 10, 1962, Gardner Fox, Mike Sikowski. Uh A classic DC villain. Felix Faust is based on the character from the Christopher Marlowe play, uh, The Tragical History of Dr. Faustus. He is a sorcerer obsessed with attaining ultimate power through magic. Trapped in a mystical dimension for more than, four, uh, more than 5,000 years ago, he escaped and abducted the body of a madman aspiring to be a sorcerer. Looking to increase his mystical powers, Faust sold his soul to the devil, and various plots uh, collecting dangerously powerful ancient artifacts have led him to multiple run-ins with the Justice League and other magic-based DC characters. He's just like any time you want magic villain, Felix Faust. There he is. And, I mean, Batman even said that, too. Like, we've run into him before. <laughs> like, this dude gets around. He fights people a lot because he's just... He's not subtle <laughs> in, no. his, in his nefarious <laughs> plots. That's just mostly his... his uh, he's not the conniving villain. He's very much, well, I'm about to curse everyone, so I hope you're ready for it because I've got all the ancient artifacts I need now. Mm-hmm. Uh, moving on, we have... Dr. Destiny. Here's another thing I should have corrected on the Wikipedia page as well. Um, Because on the Justice League Dark movie Wikipedia page, they have a Destiny hyperlink for the Destiny character, right, in the film. Um, And they link him to Destiny of the Endless of the Sandman series. He is not at all close to the Destiny of the Endless in the Sandman series. He is much closer to the Dr. Destiny character. Um, which, which premiered in Justice League of America number five in 1961, Gardner Fox and Mike Sikowski. Dr. Destiny is a mad scientist famous for creating an invention that can control people's dreams. He's actually a medical doctor, too. Hmm. Um, later, it was retconned that his power came from a dreamstone stolen from Morpheus of the Endless, another character from the Sandman series, aka Sandman. Um, At one point, Justice League defeats him and hypnotizes him so that he can never dream again. Fucking brutal, all right? Unable to use his nefarious power, he is then shipped to Arkham because he's crazy. He can't sleep. And then, you know, you see him again as he shows up in the Sandman series in a really cool conflict. Um, But I say that because, you know, he's got that stone and he sort of makes people see their nightmares. That's his power in the movie. And that's more so than destiny of the endless is just a dude with a book that's got everything that's ever going to happen written in the book that's his schlick so
1: they're completely different yeah way different yeah the the stone that controls people's dreams
0: that is dreams power yes sandman exactly um so moving on to uh merlin they also meant sorry they also mentioned in the movie like he was a man of science like that's the first thing they say when introducing the destiny character and i was like oh so he used to be a doctor (laughs) (laughs) so they just don't say dr destiny they just call him destiny um next character merlin Ooh, premiered in new comics number three 1936 Created by Rafael Astarita. In The Demon Number 1, 1972, uh, which came out, we see the modern use of Merlin, okay, and his relationship with Etrigan. So, and you see him bonding the demon to Jason Blood. Ten years later, um, in those storylines, it is revealed that he is actually Etrigan's half-demon brother. Multiple different versions have appeared in DC. uh, DC of Old, vertigo and new 52 typically dealing with etrigan and sometimes shazam or the character tim hunter merlin's been like let's put him in as like a little nod to old everybody knows who merlin is but nobody really he doesn't really have a concrete history so you can input him into a lot of different magic scenarios and that's sort of what they did with him throughout all of dc universe like history marvel's even done it too at some point i'm sure i just haven't looked into it uh next character black orchid adventure comics number 428 sheldon uh, meyer and tony de 1973 this was the character's first appearance but very little is explained other than she is a vigilante who is the master of disguise can fly and has invulnerability So no origin of powers was given to the character in her original book, even though it was labeled an origin story. Um, It became a running joke in DC for years that nobody could figure out who Black Orchid actually was. Even Madame Xanadu and the Phantom Stranger, who are both like almost omnipotent characters, um, or omniscient, sorry, omniscient characters, had conflicting origins, and they did a book where they parodied one said... Uh, did a parody of a daredevil origin and the other one did a parody of a spider-man origin. Um, and it became kind of her thing to like, who is she? Who is black orchid? In 1988, Neil Gaiman wrote an origin miniseries, which described her powers as being a plant human hybrid. Um, you should read the book cause I am not the guy to decipher Neil Gaiman's writing. This led to her having a deeper connection with plant based characters though, uh, like swamp thing and the floronic man. She also adds uh, three mana to your pool. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Magic the Gathering yes. reference. Uh, it was one of the most powerful magic cards ever what, created. Yeah, it was... It, yeah. It's, <laughs> it, card's like
1: $400? More like 25000 Oh, all right. That for works. a mint, <laughs> mint condition, black...
0: Lotus? Black orchid? I think it's black lotus, Black actually. lotus, yeah. Um, also not a Personification of the house of mystery No no. Um, oh I should have covered the house of mystery As a character I didn't even think of that Because that was actually a-, a book They cover that in the justice league dark series About how Constantine just uses the house Of mystery as a floating base It's like their team home base Their justice league satellite Is this ma- hmm. magical house that can pretty much Fucking do sex machina Them out of any domestic Conflict <laughs> um (laughs) next character we've only got a couple more dead man strange adventures number 205 1967 arnold drake and carmine infantino actually though jack miller and neil adams took over after the first issue so for the next seven um and they're known for a great story and amazing art Uh, his origin happens much as it was described in the film trapeze artist assassinated given the ability to possess the living by Ramakrishna in order to pursue good acts and find his killer. His killer's motive, by the way, was part of an initiation in order to join a secret society of contract killers. Then there's some convoluted stuff and such involving a society of hook handed men.
2: I'm guessing Count Olaf has one of them on, uh, on retainer.
0: (laughs) Yes. uh, Buster Bluth. (laughs) Yes, exactly. (laughs) And I know what you did last summer. Um, moving on. Yes, we are... Feature r- Pan! <laughs> <coughs> 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 moving on to our final character, Zatanna. Created in created in Hawkman number four, 1964. Julia Schwartz, Gardner Fox, Murphy Anderson. She is the daughter of the Golden Age character Giovanni Zatara and part of the Homo Magi, a subrace of... <laughs> yes it turns out i am eight years old
1: <laughs> <laughs> a subrace of humans in wow the- that's even that's actually offensive
0: okay <laughs> let me finish a subrace of human a subrace of humans in the Be dc very universe, careful adept at using magic that's it hmm all right you, do you have more commentary about the use of uh, a homo magi? I, you Can we you use it?
1: that particular alternate? slur and then follow it up with saying they're subhuman.
0: <laughs> well, it's, yeah, it's alternate like... alternate race of humans, maybe. Homo sapien, yes. Homo hmm. magi. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Hmm. <laughs> it's not a slur. It's a scientific term. It's a genus show you my genus. So. oh my god all right her original quest involved locating her missing mother and father uh appearing in backup stories of hawkman and supergirl um in the 1980s she joined the justice league creating a strong relationship with batman that was retconned uh that giovanni was actually one of batman's mentors a famous incident of her character happened in identity crisis when the villain dr light discovered all of the league's secret identities in a vote of all who are present. So like none of the actual current leaguers, it was like elongated man, green arrow and stuff. Um, they agreed to mind wipe Dr. Light significantly lessening his mental capacity. Batman walks in on this happening and staunchly agrees as Batman would be wont to do. Uh, they subdue him and unanimously vote to wipe his memory as well. This was used as the reason Batman became a much darker character in the 1980s, because he got mind-wiped. Anyway, Identity Crisis is a really good series. Highly, uh, it's only seven issues long. It's a good read. Uh, the upper limit on Zatanna's powers has never been measured. She can create-slash-manipulate anything simply by speaking the command backwards. In some cases, she does not even need to speak, but can write the message in her own blood. Magic is all about sacrifice, though, so the more dangerous the magic, the higher the risk of losing control. We saw a piece of that in the film, um, and she's also high on the list of uh, fantasy characters, of, like, male fantasy fulfillment characters. Mm. Stockings, huge hips, does magic. Like, every time there's a fi- uh, hot women in comics, Zatanna hits top five, like, almost every single time.
1: Mm. Hmm. Hmm.
0: And that's what oh. I've got for comic books. Uh, a, a, an odd note to end on. Sol- solid <laughs> solid list of new entries. Yes. Wow. A lot of people we can just write off right there. <laughs> should have been a rapid fire because there were a lot of characters. I took up a good amount of time. Let's move on to music. Music will not take a good amount of time. <laughs> uh, once again,
2: <laughs> we're uh, gifted with another Robert J. Crawl.
0: Yeah, Robert J. Crawl. Crawl.
2: And I gotta say, if I have to do more of these, <laughs> it's gonna be a dark day.
0: It's It wasn't that bad. I thought the music was okay. I thought it moved the movie along nicely. But you can share your different opinion. Okay, well, let's just
2: start off the first track, which is the opening titles. One of two tracks that are readily available yeah all right um and uh listen for the wub wubs i will Now you see, you got your little creepy piano thing.
0: It's so spooky. To start it off. So yeah, spooky. That's it's, good. It's good spooky music, and it's, it's spooky. It, and it, it plays off uh, the Constantine theme from the TV show. I think it's very similar okay. in theme. Uh, and then you got your little Danny Elfman bass
2: line. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 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 yep. very good. It, it's it's all going well. Yep, and then you drop. You the know bass. everything's fitting. <laughs> And then just, wah, 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 wah.
0: <laughs> I think it. I think it kind of. It does. It's a little jarring at first, but I think it builds into a a, a nice little thing when they introduce the credit the, or the the title shot. Um, and it sort of. It comes a little. It comes together a bit harmoniously. I think at the end there. In the beginning, it's definitely off-putting. <laughs>
2: but I, I, oh, this thing is here.
0: <laughs> Again. Okay, uh, but I think it comes together and it, and it melts a little bit. Um, it definitely fits a lot better than it did um, in Suicide Squad because Suicide Squad was just too fucking much. <laughs> or uh, I'm uh, sorry, not Suicide Squad, Assault on Arkham. Yes, totally different. Right,
2: mm-hmm. so many web webs.
0: Yeah, same guy though, right? It's, yeah, same okay. guy. Yeah. Yes.
2: Who we also noted had that really strange Harley Quinn, Quinn theme, music? Oh
0: like- my god! <laughs>
2: <laughs> beep boop. It's like, beep, what the boop. fuck is going on? Whop, whop,
0: whop, 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 whop. It's just so goofy.
2: <laughs> so goofy. Uh,
0: this is at least like within the right realm and it's got it's got a good creepy piano sound to it so at least it's got a good foundation. He just adds a little bit of his flair to it and that's I uh, acceptable in my eyes.
2: Okay. I just am of the mindset that his flair is garbage. So yes,
0: that's fine. You can have that okay. Well then uh a little bit
2: more on the balance side is the end credits.
0: Okay. Let's listen to a little bit of end credits.
2: In trying to listen to the quips over the uh whatever setup we have here a lot of the time it just comes across as <laughs> basically waves <laughs> imagine the waves on the shore
0: <laughs> <laughs> and that's
2: what i get to listen to okay
0: uh, the one part of that that cut in yeah. <laughs> okay i did not listen to the credits that far deep into them Uh, I turned it off by then, but like I did not. Yeah, they he definitely gets a little crazy by the end there. Uh, Hold on, hold on. Let me back things up real quick. Let me listen to. Let me pull this up. The beginning of the credit sequence. Okay, I see it as just the opening titles again. Basically. Pretty
2: much, yeah. That's why I skipped over it.
0: Very good. I was like, I remember it kind of having a good opening. Then I was like, oh, I just sat through the movie long enough that I forgot what the opening titles sound like. Yeah. That can happen, sh- especially with an animated movie.
2: Well, you know, when you spend like 42 years with that Faust fight, oh. <laughs> your memory can slip
0: a little bit. Uh,
1: do- that was really the only part of the movie, though, that didn't feel like it was paced very well. Yeah. Was that fella's fight?
0: It's honestly with so many Fair. characters, it's actually really well paced. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. it moved along and I thought when I saw the runtime I'm like oh this is going to be a rushed mess. I just know it. Like I've just been not been impressed with DC's animated stuff as of late. Um, and then with this, I was like, wow, we're still getting in like a fair amount of origin stories. We're explaining the characters enough to like, to have a basic grasp of who they are. We even like fully went into dead man's backstory for a little bit and I was like, damn, this is good. The only thing that was not explained that well is how we got the house of mystery and that's really it. They're just like, ah, oh, he's got a floating house base. Okay. Yeah. Sounds good. Oh i'll roll with it yes i'll roll with that punch and they got that in the way early they're like okay right away introducing aspect of constantine floating house is where he lives (laughs) but yes the music good stuff the music good enough it's fine (laughs) it's fine
2: i don't want to talk about it it's It's got it's got the wub wub yes and if
0: you love the wub wub
1: it's a good wub it's a good time yes if you don't like the wub wub maybe find something else to listen to
0: yes um, I don't yes. remember hearing too much wub wub during the fight scenes. Um, I don't think it leaned too heavily onto that aspect.
2: Yeah, for some reason, I think the Ed credits are the, um, the Faust fight, just because that's like half the movie. Very mm, good. Um, okay. But yeah, I mean, it's only like when the uh, music comes to the forefront.
0: I see. Yeah. Because, I mean, they didn't lean on the music in the movie only in the quieter times. And even then it was very just like subtle piano playing to move, to make sure that you knew that there was always sound, stuff like that. right? Um, and mm-hmm. like, that's good enough, especially for an animated movie. We'll get, we'll, right. we'll roll with that. Yeah. Robert Crawl. Oh! Yeah. Crawl you're keep, I guess keep picking these projects. He, he's managed <laughs> to get the, the oddball projects, Justice League Dark and Assault on Arkham, the hodgepodge teams. Yeah, like what's what's the next hodgepodge team that he would get animated wise? Uh, uh, what's the name of the evil Justice League? <laughs> the Justice League of Evil, uh, <laughs> the, or Justice League Antarctica? That would be the next one. <clears throat> I remember Justice, Justice League, League of, International. No, well, they're they're just secondhand people. They're not really all that goofy. <laughs> they at least have some heavy hitters on there. Like, uh, Power Girl. Um, But, like, uh, the Justice League Antarctica is nothing but goofballs. Like, Gnort and Big Sur and Major Disaster. And I don't think it's Dinosaur on that team. I think she is. Dinosaur. Dinosaur. No, I get it. And the Scarlet Skier, I think, is on that team. The Injustice League. There's the Injustice League. Yes, there's the evil ones. But, I mean, that's like Agamotto, Clock King, Riddler, Lex Luthor, and stuff like that. Faust. Faust. That's right. Faust is on there, too. Okay. Let's move on. Speaking of Faust and his giant, ridiculous amounts of magic, could you create a scientific base with that magic? No. Every time (laughs) there's demons in magic, I don't have
1: anything to go on. You want to talk about phonetic reversal? Sure, because Zatanna is known for her backwards magic. Yeah, she can say magic words backward and then they're magic. That's it. It'll happen. X magic. And that, doing that is called phonetic reversal where you take an English sentence and you just phonetically reverse it. Mm-hmm. So if the, if the first syllable of whatever you're saying is a t sound, Then you'd be like, but but. yeah, Yeah. you end with, you end with the sound you start with and vice versa. Yeah. Now go play that backwards and Michael will still be speaking gibberish. (laughs) Um, But yeah, this is something that people can like practice. I've seen YouTube videos of people that just like talking into a tape recorder and then like reversing it and it sounds Yes. Like a little distorted, but you can tell that they're saying real words backwards. Mm-hmm. And so that's called phonetic reversal. And uh, related to it, although not identical, is called backmasking. Okay. okay. And this is when a audio recording is played in reverse. Mm. And then sometimes there will be phonetically reversible phrases in there. And people will be like, oh, there it is. So this was a big deal back in like the 70s with rock and roll music. Yes, the um number 9. Yeah, number well, nine. yeah, the, so the Beatles did it. Um and people like the moral majority, like the Christian right was like, "Hey, um all these rock stars are putting satanic messages that glorify drug use and violence if you play these recordings backward." And they kind of ignore the fact that playing these recordings forward glorified violence and drug use. <laughs> um, but allegedly, if you play like Led Zeppelin's Stairway to Heaven, there's like, if you play that backwards, if you backmask it, there's a line that goes like, oh, here's to my sweet Satan. And people are like, hey, that proves that Led Zeppelin's a satanic band. And I'm like,
0: no, let's try a clip. Auditory illusions. Um, there's this, this film White Noise with with Michael Keaton about
1: the, the dead talking back to us. Uh, by the way, this whole business of talking to the dead, it's not that big a deal. Anybody can do it. Turns out it's getting the dead to talk back. That's the really
0: <laughs> hard part. <laughs> in this case, um, supposedly, uh, these messages are hidden in electronic phenomena. There's a reversespeech.com web page in which I downloaded this stuff. Here is the forward... This is the most famous one of all of these. Here's the forward version of the very famous song. If there's a bustle in your head don't be alone there. It's just a sprinkly for the main queen.
2: Yes, there are two paths you
1: can
0: go by, but in the long Can you just listen to that all day? (laughs) All right, here it is backwards. And see
1: if you can hear the hidden messages that are supposedly in there.
0: There it was. We'll rewind it real quick in case you missed it.
1: Right there. Yeah, there it is.
0: Here's to my
1: sweet Satan. So, but obviously, like, when you're writing and recording stuff, you can't really plan for these. hmm So, like, all these claims that rock and roll is satanic because you hear all these messages when you play things backwards. Not really.
0: Also, uh, is it? <laughs> well, okay, never mind. Yeah. I, had a weird, I, had a, I had a horribly underdeveloped train of thought. Oh, good! That I was just going to ignore that if I couldn't have brought to a good point would have made me look racist. Oh, one of those yes, yes, so like if it was good it, it felt like a good- I had a good starting point in my head, nowhere to land, mm. so let that go. kind
1: of like my flight from Minneapolis to uh, New York City <laughs> where they took off, and they're like, "Oh wait, there's sixty mile per hour winds in at Newark airport, <laughs> hmm. Hmm. And then three people threw up on the landing. Oh nice. <laughs> so was it that bad? It was pretty bad. Ooh. It was a rough landing. But anyway, that's that's all I got for science is this back masking thing. That's good. But, yeah. And so like the, uh this is also used to censor swear words mm. in like on the radio. Yeah. Instead of saying fuck, they'll just take that cool. take that and reverse it. <laughs> yeah. Or shit becomes ish. Shit. Ish. Um,
0: Ish. Yeah. I ain't saying she a gold digger. But, but ain't, ain't she ain't m- him with no broke rigging. <laughs> Basically, yeah. <laughs> Basically. <laughs> um so that's 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 the science. I don't really got I don't have too much for this one, okay. unfortunately. That's fine. That's all right. We've come pretty much to the end of our time here today. Um, unless anybody has some more fun facts about Justice League Dark. Uh there's supposedly a film live action coming out. Who did you say was going to be the director, Skyler?
2: Uh Doug Lyman is the Ooh. director. Most recently he did uh, Edge of Tomorrow.
0: Edge of Tomorrow, an underappreciated yeah. film. Absolutely. So uh, this really that it, that sets up the the precedent for <laughs> what this movie's going to be. Probably really good, yeah. but nobody will care. Yep. Uh and then um So let's get on to uh, the wrap-up of it for today. Superfans, this was going to be our uh, second-to-last episode of March Animation Madness. Ma'am. Ma'am. Last week we did vocal warm-ups because unfortunately we were supposed to do this week last week. Yeah. But... Ben was but someone his travel plans. Someone was doing his spring break slash honeymoon. <laughs> uh, and then before that, I don't even remember what we opened with. And then oh, Lego Batman. Yep, um, Lego Batman. And then next week we will be. Uh, I will be making attempts to reach out to our Mister Connor Cahill to talk about the first season of One Punch Man. One punch. If you've
1: ever seen One some Punch Man. Some of us Man? noobs
2: don't even know what that is.
1: That's some good shit right yeah, only, there. Yeah, only one of the people recording right now is a weeaboo. Ah, well. Weeaboo,
0: weeaboo, weeaboo, weeaboo. All right, all right, all right, Hanzo main. Uh, <laughs> uh, so One Punch Man's a great freaking show. Um, there's gonna be some good discussions about that., uh, but if you like what you nope uh, if you it. like what you hear, uh, hold on. Super Movie Studies is recorded and produced. <laughs> uh,
1: if you like what you hear, um please be sure to check us out on iTunes, drop a rating. We have a we've gotten a couple new reviews lately, which is always good to see. we love to we love to read those. Mm-hmm. If you review us,, uh, we'll read it on air and yeah. you'll get some. You know, recognition for that. Absolutely. Uh, New episodes come out every Monday.
2: And then uh, check us out on Twitter continually, all day, every day. Um, Don't do it that much, no. (laughs)
1: 24-7, 365, Twitter stays on my mind. (laughs) stays all on twitter right.
0: tom's mind
1: i did it all right i admit it now make your next move you can leave or live with it oh you're done ichabod crane with that motherfucking did tom's
0: i off. not say that At you're super done letter m studies <laughs> that's right that's our twitter handle super super m studies
2: that's uh this week. question of the week uh what uh, elements of this justice league dark movie do you want to see happen in the live action version?
0: Absolutely. Yes. What is the best part of Justice League? I would like to see
2: Shit Monster. Shit Monster.
0: Literal, literal shit demon. Literal shit demon. That was a real thing. If you did not watch this movie before listening to this podcast, there is a literal shit demon. Literal. And it shit melted demon. people. Yes. In feces.
1: Mm. Fantastic. That reminds me, I feel like going to Wendy's after this.
0: <laughs> That reminds me. I feel like eating Chipotle and then feel, seeing what happens ooh, 30 minutes later. I feel like
1: Pablo when I'm working on my shoes. I feel like Pablo. No, you've
0: done that one before. Oh, shit. You can't Never do mind. that. Uh-uh. I don't, I don't even know when, but I know you've done that one. Okay. Um, and a quick shout out to the state of Virginia for um, 200 hits in a day. Yes, I don't even know what it's, that was all about, but it was just like a giant spike. When I looked at the stats, I was like, "Whoa!"
2: A convention in town?
0: Yeah, somebody's a fan. Awesome, good to see. All right, thank you all so much for listening. Uh, I'm your host, Michael Maurer. James Keller Hutzma, and I'm Ben Anderson. And I hope you all have a super week. Bye. Don't let the shit demon melt you on the way out. Mm. Oh yes, how many times in the movie? Begone the form of man And rise the demon Atrica I said that like